He's like, oh yeah, that's great. I love your tiny mouth. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. We were getting tired of experimenting with silly puppets. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack, a total joke, a waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. We believe horror is for everyone, and as such, we're rating these movies with a perspective we've all gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we tend to fancy most. My name is Chris. I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week, I'm joined by the superfly space guy, Mac. Hola, muchachos. The gore lover, Alexis. Hey, everyone. The cowardly creeper, Ryan. Hiya. And the scream queen, Paris. I prefer to think of myself as a nasty bitch. We've got more doll action for you this week, but this time, it's not about Chucky or his boy, Brahms. Before we break out the toys, though, we do have some follow-up. We do have some follow-up, Chris, uh, and I'm glad it's not about those fellas, because I would not be pleased. We recently reviewed a film called Friday the 13th, Part 3, Uh, And everybody here, except for me, gave it a slash. Um, I regret nothing, though. Uh, Turns out, 29% of our listeners are actually on my side, and only 71% gave the film a slash. Only the overwhelming majority. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, 71% is actually kind of a lot, in my opinion. (laughs) Not in your opinion, just in facts. There's no, (laughs) like, illusion here. 71% is the majority. (laughs) I won the election. (laughs) Stop. We do have some comments from our friends. Tony on Facebook said, a slash, but not a strong one. Harold doesn't wipe his ass. The music is very annoying. Jason grew two to three inches and had time to change clothing. Continuity much? And the first kill with the infamous mask was nice. A slash, poor chick. But his body language as he discards his weapon and walks away looked like Cousin Eddie. Many great kills, and I like this group of friends rather than more counselors. Yes. And in addition to Michael growing two inches, he also had time for a clean shave. You know, continuity isn't uh, that movie's strong suit. I think we can agree. Um, We also have a comment from Anthony on Twitter who said, This one has sentiment for me. My brother and I would watch this one every weekend on VHS with our father. Rest in peace. Seeing part two was like watching a prequel because I'd only seen three. So that was fun seeing the events leading up to three. That's awesome. I'd love to see or love to know if Anthony's seen four or probably, which I'm sure he has, but I'm interested to see when we review it, what his opinions are if he has. Oh, Anthony has the most boss horror collection. I don't know if you guys have seen it. He's been keeping in touch with us over the years since we began our show. And he has a piece of trivia for everything. And he has a dope picture of him at a place for everything. It's just amazing. And we also just love to hear when horror brings families together. Instead of ripping them apart. Literally. (laughs) We have another comment from Troy on Instagram who said, this one's not only fun and gimmicky, but it's here he gets the iconic mask. Uh, And Troy actually has a really fantastic Instagram handle, which is slasher. I barely knew her. Finally, we have a text from the hacker slash hotline. And this is one from Ryan from New Jersey. A lot of Ryan's up in here. He said, Chris, I agree with you. Vera is a hottie. Best all red outfit in the history of movies. Catherine Parks was in Weekend at Bernie's starring Terry Kisser, who is the awful doctor in Friday the 13th, part seven, New Blood. The more you know. What a small little Friday the 13th world. Yeah, one day we'll get to review the seventh film in that franchise. (laughs) Yeah, in a in a few years. I think what I love though is this idea of like there being an underground network of actors who work together but they just bond on set over being killed by Jason. That'd be dope. That's cute. I don't want to get all the way to the seventh. It seems like it's too far. There's a reason we don't watch the seventh sequel. <laughs> you can do it. Believe in yourself. I've been there. We can all do it. I think I'll let my dreams be dreams in this sense. And that's our follow up. 
This week, we're looking back at the first film ever released by Full Moon Productions, now known as Full Moon Features. You may recognize them best for their direct-to-home video B-movie horror gems. Our movie this week is the first entry in a franchise that boasts 13 films, one of which is a non-canon crossover and spans in chronology from 1902 to 2019. For now, though, we're focusing in on 1989, when four psychics are called together by a dead colleague, a colleague who discovered the secret of a long-dead artisan and his animated minions. This week, we're talking about Puppet Master. Now, who has seen this before? Oh, I definitely have. This was one of those movies I watched time and time again because the Sci-Fi Channel had it like every other day back in the early 2000s. Wow, I did not expect that. I expected every single one of us to say, nope, never seen it, never heard of it. Because that's where I'm at, of course. But it, that makes sense. I've seen multiple Puppet Master movies. Which is where I'm coming from because I swear I had seen this. I was like, yep, I've seen this. I saw it when I was younger because I was like, these puppets are terrifying. But they're also kind of funny and kind of cute. And then I realized when I watched this, I've actually not seen this one. So I've maybe seen two or three or something like that. So it's interesting. Yeah, I have not actually seen this. <laughs> There's a lot of Puppet Master titled movies. That's what I learned. Yeah, I didn't know there were 13. <laughs> but like Alexis, I thought I had seen at least part of this because I have these like fragment memories of some kind of puppet shenanigans in a horror movie that isn't from the Child's Play series. Um, but yeah, watching this, I was like, no, definitely have not seen this before. You don't remember Blade? Blade in this is like, to me, iconic. Wesley Snipes? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, the guy nope. who's dressed in the, <laughs> with the black hat. Oh, the, the Joan puppet. Rivers, Michael Jackson one? <laughs> yes. Joan Rivers, yes. <laughs> no, I, I did not. I did not remember that one. <laughs> I'm dying right now. <laughs> not wrong. Yeah, not wrong at all. Great description. Thank you for that. <laughs> this is one of those where I thought I had seen it in its entirety, but turns out I've only seen flashes and moments because there are definitely scenes and, and images from this movie that I 100% remember, probably from the sci-fi channel. I don't have a recollection of seeing the uh, absolute absurdity that is the ending of this movie, but I will say that going into it, you know, not having a clear memory of it, I expected it to just be fun. This is one of those classic you own it for your vhs and it's a good time to just unwind watch some goofy shenanigans you're not going to have the best acting but there's going to be something in there to keep you going whether i got that that's uh, debatable as we know i am somebody who finds dolls and you know spooky little things to be uh, unsettling at the very least so i actually expected to be pretty scared by this movie um and whatever the fragmented memories i have are oh they were definitely creepy uh, so I was going into this being like, oh, let's see how this makes me feel at this age. And I got to say, like, I was surprised. Thanks for being vague. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, I expected a bit of chaos. Like if it's a puppet movie, a puppet based horror movie from the late 80s, like I'm just expecting uh, a show, you know, a certain type of show, if you know what I mean. I would say that this lives up to that expectation, 100%. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I, I kind of expected like a lot of shenanigans. I expected a lot of killing um, from these. And it's crazy because in this one, um, I'm not sure how they compare to the other ones, but um, there's not really much FaceTime that the puppets have, I feel like. I, you know, so I was expecting them to be, you know, front and center, for this movie and to me they, that they were not yeah it's most mostly their point of view <laughs> instead of seeing them <laughs> don't you love it clickety clack click, click, click. literally no <laughs> <laughs> i loved it it was cute i thought it was cute too I, w I was expecting the puppets to be kind of comical and to be 
really small but somehow be dangerous towards full-size humans you know my memory of this guys was like they're they're like tiny little things running around like slashing you know like ankle biters almost and uh you know i I felt like while watching it they kind of lived up to that that i got some small kind of comical yet somehow dangerous little puppets and that's really all my expectations were and, and i feel like it was you know what you get on screen and that, to me, that's fun. But also, I've seen these films several times and out of order, and I definitely haven't seen them all because that's how cable TV worked. You know, but I felt like while watching it, it was still a good time. Mm, yeah, it's like the good old action economy, right? With these dangerous doll, you know, one is none, but two is one. And uh, if you got more than one that you're going up against, you're going to get wrecked. So I feel that. I'm glad that it didn't disappoint on your millionth time watching this. It's like Small Soldiers. Did you guys ever watch that movie? Hell yeah. I was thinking the same thing, Ryan. Excellent reference. That's what I thought about during this movie. I just now had this thought. And that's totally what this is. This is the creepy adult version of Small Soldiers. They were creepy when I was a kid. I'm going to be like, what the heck? I love that movie. When I was like little, little, I would watch it. That VHS you know, over and over. Same. I did love that movie. I wasn't little, little. I was just little uh, since there's <sighs> such disparity between our ages, but it was a good time. <laughs> I got to say, while I was watching this, I found it really hard to suspend my disbelief from the jump and all throughout. Really? Am I alone? No, no, no. Paris, I agree with you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just like, I started this movie. You guys know I can sometimes like rip things apart or like be really tough, talk a lot of trash about lots of elements of movies. And I stepped back after like the first scene and I was like, all right, we're going to watch this puppet movie. We have to just pretend for a little bit. We just got to go in with a smile. But I still, I couldn't. The boxing puppet, he had a lot of strength, okay? I couldn't get with it. I couldn't handle it. It's funny because that first scene for me, it actually grabbed my attention. And like while watching it, at least in the first quarter, uh, (laughs) I wouldn't say half, I was definitely entertained. And, you know, I, it built up this intensity for me somehow. Don't ask me why, how these puppets were like so intense. I think it was just like the point of view that they had. And I was like, Ooh, what's going on? Who is this? Like, which one is this? But then at one point it did fall off for me. And I like, you know, while watching, it was kind of not necessarily bored, but you know, I fell asleep for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can agree with that. I can feel that I was, I mean, just like you, I was entertained by a lot of it. But it does hit a certain point where I felt a bit of like, okay, this 100% is just no longer fun. You suck the fun right out of it. And this movie does some things, some things really well. But there's one aspect in particular that is done very, very poorly. And I know that might, it sounds like a lot to put like the weight on the shoulders of just like this one thing. Because this movie is, it's hokey. It's a B movie. You're going to get what you're going to get. But this one thing had a huge impact on my mood while I was watching it. It was a good time. And then I was just like kind of pissed off for a little bit of it. I was like, what the hell is going on here? I do have a question. This is just a general question. And I think, Paris, when you talked about suspending your disbelief, I think this is why I'm a little bit surprised because I don't know how you're going to answer this. I thought we could have all agreed going into this uh, that perhaps all psychics are scams, but some of you think ghosts are real. So I feel like I got to ask, who believes in psychics? Paris. Uh, Of course, psychic powers are definitely real. Yep. We all have them. It's like a muscle. You can work it out. And the more you trust your intuition, the more reliable it will be. Yeah. My mom has had several psychic experiences where she like was in this old office building one time and like fully like 
read this death of this woman by name and then found it in a newspaper. So psychics are real. It's definitely a thing. So carnival fortune tellers are not a scam is what you're saying. No, it's case by case. I think it's a real thing, but I also think it's easy to exploit for money. I kind of feel that way too. I feel like you can have someone who is using people and taking advantage of them. But then I also feel like, yeah, I didn't think about it if you use your intuition a lot. And I know I don't. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's just being a regular ass observant person. Yeah, which makes me like, "Hmm, maybe I should just go with how I feel the first time on something. I'd probably be in a lot different position than I would be now, I bet. Also, I've had dreams that have actually happened. I once dreamt the entire plot to a book and then I got the book in the mail and I read it and I was like, oh, I already know what this is. And it was exactly how I dreamt it. So it is deja vu like a psychic power? Maybe. (laughs) It could be a premonition. What is that? Because I feel like I feel that all the time. Maybe, I know. (laughs) You had a synapse misfire. That's what happened. Oh. Yeah, I would love just some uh, scientific input on all this because there are definitely common things, right? Paris, I too have had a dream. Like I had a dream that I woke up in the middle of the night and someone's watching me through my window. And then hours later, this is when I was in Texas on the East Coast, uh, there was a guy watching my cousins through the windows. Like, there's weird shit that, like, that, that happens. See? That's psychic. But I don't think that's being a psychic. Then what is it? I would like to note here, psychics are just like politics and horoscopes. They exist when you believe in them. Otherwise, they're baloney. Thank you, Ryan. Yo, I believe in some <laughs> horoscopes. <laughs> It's all fake unless you believe in it. All right. Well, that sets a good precedence (laughs) for the movie. I mean, obviously, you you can probably already guess my viewpoint that it's all BS. I mean, I think that people, you know, one, the self-fulfilling prophecy is a thing that exists and that compels us to do a lot of things that we think we saw as a premonition or whatever. I don't know. But I think a lot of it is just coincidence and then people picking up on cues from other people and from the world around them. And sure, they might be observant and they might do the mental math without realizing they're doing it. But reading minds, like detecting what happened in a room just by sitting in there, seeing somebody else's dreams, like, no. Agreed. There's only one I believe in, and that's Walter Mercado. But, you know, that's just the Puerto Rican in me. (laughs) Really? Oh, my God. (laughs) The one thing I will admit to believing is possible is that perhaps humans are able to sometimes perceive time in a nonlinear fashion. That's the only thing I'll admit to. Mac, psychics are baloney. Also, (laughs) humans can perceive time (laughs) nonlinear. I didn't say always. I said occasionally we may be able to perceive time in a way that's nonlinear for a brief moment. Um, But I don't think it's I don't think it's a sense. I don't think it's something where it's like putting your fingers on your temple and like tuning in to the world outside and you're like, okay, now I'm going to like see the future or see the past or whatever. I just think like every now and then people have experiences where it's like maybe, maybe our brains are capable slightly of like fifth dimensional or sixth dimensional thinking. I don't know. Mm. It's just so funny how far you go. You don't stop. You never go to first base, right? If you ever ask Mac, sorry, this is not a sex reference. Okay. This is just like a life reference. If you're like Mac, do you believe in this? This is at first base. You're like, no, that's silly. But home home run, I'm in there. I'm all the way there. You never stop at first base. Is that a good analogy at all for anything ever? No. You, you always get a home run. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry I said it. On the subject of psychics, I have to say I was disappointed by the lack of diversity in this cast. I think we really could have used like a Raven Simone, Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost or like Madame Cleo type to really like round out all the whiteness we were getting. Don't you think that would be too token? 
And probably, yeah, but this was the 80s. Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg definitely should have been there. I love, love, love Ghost so much. She was not going to put up with anything going on in this movie. <laughs> yeah, no. she's like, puppets, hell no. No, 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 no. I think we could have just used like a short person that looked at the ground more while they were walking. I think that would have been really useful. <laughs> Considering most of the time there was a killer puppet at their feet. I'm upset that no one noticed that. Uh, ever. Like, why? No one looked down. No one looked where they were walking. Oh, one person in the beginning definitely does. Yeah, one, and it's chaos. Just to add that Whoopi Goldberg does play a character called Guinan in Star Trek The Next Generation, who is not a human, they're humanoid, and they uh, appear to have some, you know, other senses and can tell when things are out of whack, like, you know, so it's out there. That's interesting. I don't know, these puppets, like, they were kind of... I feel like the first time I watched this um, when I was a kid, they were kind of terrifying. Well, clearly I didn't watch this movie. I watched one of the many sequels that it has, but I was kind of scared. And watching it now, I mean, it was fun. Kind of still like scary. I don't know why. I, I still feel like dolls come alive. Don't don't ask me. I know this is the weirdest thing. But you ever like position something and you come back and it's not the same place it nope. was. Nope. Psychics. Not ever once. <laughs> Never Psychic. had anything move ever. <laughs> the psychics moved it. <laughs> Maybe because you have a memory that failed you and you positioned it differently than you remember. That's actually most likely because I forget everything. <laughs> Android Mac, always with the next explanation. I mean, that's who I am. I was not scared of this movie, but I did find it a little, I don't know if it was disappointing that it didn't really seem like a horror movie to me. Like I expected, like I'm thinking about my memories. I was expecting the actual puppets and Puppet Master to be scarier and to be more a little violent, bit more, right? yeah, more violent, more yeah. nefarious. And I didn't really get that. And it was a little bit of a letdown. They did seem more silly and more fun. Obviously, they're dangerous, but you know, I don't know. I remembered it differently. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I had accidentally opened up a 2007 Puppet Master. And the cover art for that movie is so scary. And I was like, oh my God, I am not ready for this. And then I turned on this movie and I was like, all right, I'm for sure ready. I'm prepared. This isn't one I'd keep my light on for. No, yeah. <laughs> no need. When it starts with like the two guys in trench coats with the not a bucket hat fedora <laughs> and they're like walking in sync, left foot, right foot, like all the way through a hotel, like nah, you're good. But there's one that was totally more dominant in, the, yes. in that, in that, uh, yes. in that couple. I was like, wow, look at them. They can't even walk in sync. You know, I've seen Men in Black. I've seen The Matrix. No one's walking in sync. But can they walk in Backstreet Boys? Ooh. <laughs> I saw a TikTok and someone's like, N-S-Y-N-C. And I was like, what? That's how they named the so band. So they spelled it? Yes. Oh, God. God and bless I was like, them. <gasps> I'm too old. <laughs> because they're on TikTok. And that's a different breed of people. <laughs> The flavor of puppets that we get in this was actually a huge pleasant surprise for me. Flavor? Yeah, there's different puppets, man. These are different puppets. <laughs> they taste pretty good. You've had ice cream, but have you had this ice cream? You haven't. <laughs> I was surprised by how great the puppeteering was, too, because it's not Chucky, right? So you don't get, like, a larger puppet with five people working just the face alone, right? Uh, it's it, it's not so big that it's going to actually look animatronic. These are just these tiny little figures with like seemingly wooden faces. So it still took like five people to move each one, but it's just the quality of combining the actual practical puppeteering with, with some of the techniques they use for this film. I was actually impressed by it. Like it's an 80s movie for sure, right? So like it, this isn't going to be the best one you've ever seen. But for the time, I felt pretty good about it. Yeah, I, I can't 
uh, discredit that. I think, you know, puppets are what they are. When you have a puppet on film, you have to know what you're going in for, you know, like you're not getting an actor. You're, you're not getting smooth movements. I think they were pretty good. I think for me, my biggest disappointment from this movie came from the storyline. And I spent a lot of time trying to care about people and also trying to understand why they existed and why it was a part of their life at this point. Like, why am I experiencing this story? Um, I think for me, there was just some things that really just let me down. And I, I think these puppets could have done a lot more in a different story, unfortunately. The whole premise of the story of like these people knowing each other and having a specific skill that's brought them together. And now they're here for some like unknown reason. It seems, you know, like something we've seen to me when I was watching it, I was like, this honestly could have been the start of a great Stephen King. I was just about to say it's very it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Very it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely getting those vibes for sure. For sure. I was like, um, I have seen this before where somehow these, um, characters end up in a room by some supernatural presence. I don't know, but yeah, the storyline for me, was hard to follow for sure. I was kind of like, it was very disjointed. I was like, I don't know how it all comes together. Still kind of confused, but still watched it. Still somehow made sense. I don't know why. It's for sure. Not one of those things that you watch and you're really just holding on for the story like the story is just a loose idea very loose tangentially to like yeah just get everybody here have a good time look for these dolls it's it what's interesting is as you look at the franchise and you look at the chronology of it it's insane the layers that are there like the two guys in the beginning are actually nazis Mm. did not pick up on that Unless you like read it. I kind of got that energy. Because they're perfectly in sync, sync and this is 1939. Because I'm psychic. Okay. <laughs> Not how that works. But I think the juice they're able to get out of squeezing this lemon for a whole franchise is, is pretty impressive. This is not the story. It is not the best story by any means. And also, I kind of am the, of the opinion, we'll talk later in characters, about one of these people not even being... A psychic, rather just an exploiter of psychics. I will say, uh, as scared as I thought I would be going into this, um, my complete and utter inability to believe any of this as being remotely plausible led me to feel zero fear at all. Yeah. I don't know why it makes more sense to me that Chucky could come alive, but it does. And also, like, the way he moves is much scarier to me than the way these move. These were giving me more, like, claymation vibes where it's like, I'm not scared of claymation, you know? Okay, I'd like to know, one of these has real hands. So, like... Yeah, and one of them had human hands. <laughs> like, what? Maybe you're not giving him enough credit, okay? Maybe, yeah. maybe like, he deserves more of your of your love. Yeah, adult-sized hands. I was <laughs> like, whoa, hands. what? <laughs> also, adult-sized punches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, someone's getting punched in this. So, the question is, since we talked about how this, like, idea of these group of people coming back together to do something feels really familiar... Is the movie original? And I think my answer for it is no. What? Are you kidding? This movie is super original. Because there's tiny puppets? Yeah, I thought it was original. Yeah, I think, well, from what I've understood about the rest of the franchise, it explores like what aura, I don't know, person is inside of these puppets. So I think that that's cool. I don't think I've ever seen. But see, we didn't get any of that in this movie. So I have to oh, just I assess guess... this. Okay, yeah, we have to base it on this. Yeah, maybe. Uh, sure. That sounds great. I'd watch more if they're better than this. I don't know. I think it was an original idea. I think it has this, you know, I like be 
be horror films um mostly the newer stuff not the older stuff but um i don't know i like this idea of puppets but this like campy vibe you get kind of from it and i think that that i haven't seen something like that before done but that's just my opinion the synopsis of this movie is literally four psychics brought together in a house to be murdered by puppets i don't think you can say it's unoriginal (laughs) precisely it's a good synopsis I don't know, man. It's just puppets and a movie that we've seen 50,000 times. Name one other one. <laughs> of a movie with a group of people that used to be together and come back together and then they get killed? Killed by puppets. The puppets is the only part, but there's other movies about puppets. <laughs> That's the whole part. Here's the thing, though. Like, I'm not a Marvel person, but you can sum up one of the last Avengers movies. Like, that group of people were together, broke up, come back together all together, and some of them die. I probably also don't <laughs> think that's original. <laughs> just so we're clear. I, I think it is original in in this film and i think it's kind of like you can say star wars is original right even though it's like a clear depiction of the hero with a thousand faces i mean it's you know you can't say that star wars is a ripoff of the odyssey right no it's it's completely different sure there's like familiar elements to the story that have happened ten thousand times before but it's clearly its own thing and i think i think puppet master maybe this is nostalgia speaking but i think it's got some elements that are like super familiar but it's its own depiction of these familiar elements and i have never seen this story played out in another film where these people are coming together and get taken out by tiny little killer puppets so i don't know i'll be wrong I feel exactly the same, Mac. Like, I've seen a lot of doll movies, seen a lot of them, seen some pretty terrible ones. Who knows where this ranks? But it's certainly the first with a group of four psychics in a at the Bodega Bay Inn. <laughs> this feels like a really good original take on killer dolls. There were plenty before it. So you can even go back to the 1930s and find movies that feature at least a singular killer puppet or doll. But taking a group of psychics, combining it with the magical origins that we get alluded to of these puppets is different enough for me. And the puppets is what makes this original. I mean, it's like, forget even the psychic element. The fact that we get puppets who are as malleable as these are, it really depends on like the eye of the beholder or like the person who controls the power of them. That feels different. Yeah, each puppet is its own character. It's individual and it has unique qualities that play out a lot more as you get into the franchise. But each of them feels pretty unique. And each of them, I'm sure, has their own story. I don't remember because I've only seen pieces of the other films you know, while watching TV back in the early 2000s. But I'm sure people here who've seen all those films listening in probably know that like, oh, yeah, so-and-so, they have this whole backstory explained in part number or whatever. So I think in this film, you get a little bit of identity. And I hope we can break that down in, in characters later. But yeah, it's it's definitely got you know some uniqueness to it. So I'm glad Chris yeah, is on board for with sure. me. And I think Paris was by the fact that... Uh I think he said that uh, you can't say the psychics get being hunted down by puppets are not is not unoriginal. That's true. Somebody wrote that and then it got made. <laughs> the ending of this movie is the actually the aforementioned part where it all falls apart for me. It was a lot of fun and then it wasn't and then it started being fun for just a little bit and then it just lasted so damn long that it lost its funness and there's a character decision that makes zero sense and it actually soured me quite a bit. Maybe this has to do with like all the psychic powers in this movie, but literally I was so confused on this whole ending. I wasn't sure which way it was going, you know, and then there's the final scene, which left me with um, WTF blank, blank, blank. 
I'd love to talk about that in the second half. But I don't know. I really want you guys to just explain the ending to me because I was so confused. Oh, this is a very phantasm ending. Okay, good. Sometimes there's too much going on for me to wrap my brain around. So maybe I just need a little like breakdown of that. I am team confused with you, Alexis. But I feel like there were moments in the ending where like the gore was kind of fun and like some of the shenanigans were fun. But ultimately, I was just kind of like, eh. But I do also have questions about that final scene. Yep, I uh, pretty much agree. I'm concerned that this is maybe like Phantasm, but more so just one of those endings where it's like, stop thinking that it means more than it means. It just means that, you know, one person is dead and one person is alive or something like that. You know, movies just end sometimes and we're like, but what does it mean? And they're like, "Eh, it means nothing. And I'm real concerned that that's where this movie's at. And it's probably not, but... I pretty much agree. It, it, it's a bit confusing, but it's more so because of the story overall. When you get to the end, you were just waiting for answers that you didn't get. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had some pieces to put together into a beautiful puzzle. And I remember while watching this getting towards the end and seeing it kind of not come together, I'm just thinking like, mate, you've lost the plot. <laughs> Let me tell you, I had a half put together puzzle on my kitchen table for six months since quarantine. <laughs> and half of it looked great. But the other half looked ridiculous and we tried so hard to get it done and it's a lot like this movie it just never happened we put it away (laughs) i feel like it's one piece that's very similar to another and that's where you messed up on do you not like put all the pieces out lay them out sort them out yeah the outer edge you don't do that okay overall 50 percent of the puzzle how many pieces to this puzzle uh 2000 i think oh so way more pieces than this movie had to put together (laughs) so you have an excuse you have an excuse. <laughs> there was about three pieces to this they needed to put together, and they kind of like, they're like, whatever, tape it. Tape it together. Yeah, tape it together. Make that whole fit. Well, it doesn't sound like uh, they put it together very well based on this conversation, but let's see how that translates into scores. You all have a moment to get your thoughts together and out of the gutter, but Alexis, what's our body count? We have a whopping six bodies in this movie. Middle of the road number. I kind of like it. For sure. A little less than you would expect for a hotel, but yeah, not bad. Ryan, what about our animal report? Yeah, we've got a reverse animal report this week. And uh, things escalated in a positive direction. It's very it's very unsettling, to be honest. It doesn't feel good. It's a good thing, but it feels bad. Well, the movie so far sounds like a mess, but at least we have an encouraging animal report to rely on if you are going to watch this with an animal lover yourself. Now, let's go ahead and start getting into the scores for this movie. Puppet Master from 1989. Is it a hack or a slash? It's a slash for me. And it's because of nostalgia, I think. I think I remember watching these as, I guess I was still an adult, but, you know, as a young adult and and watching these and thinking like, oh, this is silly and this is fun. And it wasn't necessarily like a scary thing. To me, it was more the sci-fi part of it that I kind of dug into. But that's, that's I'll, I'll throw it out there. It's just, it's nostalgia for me. I That's why it's getting a slash. I think that I have missed a portion of life by not having cable and not ever watching the sci-fi channel as a... Oh, you're totally missing out. ...growing human. Yeah, I think so. Because I think this falls into a similar category of like... I mean, to me, I draw a lot of parallels between Phantasm and this movie. And it's because this is like an overall genre or feeling that I, I just... I've never connected with because I've never seen it. I didn't see it back in the day, you know, when it was doing its thing. And now I don't appreciate it. (laughs) 
Um, it's a hack for me. I think this is the movie for someone. I think someone like Mac, someone that aligns with his preferences is going to be really into this. And all I can think about is one of my favorite people in this world that loves phantasm. I just want to be like, do you also love puppet master? Because it seems like you would, but for me, it just doesn't do it. I just can't suspend my disbelief enough to get into it. It didn't scare me. The story fell flat. So I think the places that the puppets kind of don't do it for me. The story could have done it, um, but it didn't in this instance. So I would actually watch some of the other films in the series, depending on what they're like, like maybe if Matt could recommend one, but this one, it just doesn't do it. And, and it's not to say it's not for anyone. It's just not for me. And this, sometimes you have to make a personal hacker slash decision. I've been teetering on just how I feel about this. And I feel like I still am. Um, someone asked me today, like how, how is the movie? And I'm pretty sure I was like POS, like, (laughs) (laughs) but then I like kept thinking about it and I was like, okay, but I was like entertained and I don't think it was a waste of time either for me. I think because there's elements of uh, like Mac mentioned that like that that sci-fi genre that I totally enjoy. Um, I don't know. I I just have this thing about B-rated movies. I will always probably give them a slash. I don't know. (laughs) And I was just because I think I watched this and I was like, okay. to me, it wasn't a waste of time. It was never a waste of time. Um, And I think because I seen these puppets before, I kind of thought I saw this movie. I know what they do in other movies. So I'm excited to see how we go about this journey on Hacker Slash. If we keep watching these, maybe we watch all 13. (laughs) God bless us. I think these puppets are fun. Like I I like what they do. You know, I just love this like campy vibe, this like musical score. That's kind of weird. And you know, in some movies like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, I don't like it, but I like it in this the point of view from these puppets, I like very thoroughly enjoy. So I'm definitely giving this a slash. Wow. Dead silence. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know how I felt. So I just erred on the side of caution. Honestly, which was, I already had slash. my reaction. I already knew you were going to do it as you were you going did? on. As you were going on, I already had my like moment of depression. Yeah. It already happened. Welcome to the team. <laughs> I feel, I feel sad for you. No, don't feel sad. Feel happy. No, it's a good thing. No, no, no. The more people get into sci-fi horror, the better for me, at least. Listen, Ryan, don't feel bad because things are going back to how they usually are because I am with you tonight. Oh, I know. This movie is dumb and bad. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, it could have been good for me because obviously I love psychics. Um, Spooky dolls can oftentimes do it for me. Um, But the execution here was just like stupid. It didn't scare me. The story was loose. It was very loose. It was shoddy. The script was like, what? The acting was, huh? Uh, and there were moments that I was like, okay, there's like little morsels here that I'm going to like take away and I'll remember those. But for the most part, I was just like, this was a waste of my time. The ending started to get so boring that I did like Alexis start falling asleep and I had to keep waking up and rewind. And it's just like when you can't get invested in any particular thing in the movie, what is there to to grasp onto? Um, so for me, this is definitely a hack. Uh, but like Ryan, I'm also open to watching maybe a couple other installments um, because maybe like when we have a more fleshed out concept and idea, maybe things get better and maybe like with better effects, things can be scarier. Uh, but for this, I'm going to pass. Fleshed out is the worst term that's ever existed on this planet. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this is um, this is a really interesting 
case study, right? Because, like, you have this movie that is already inherently not going to be super great. But then I remember it, you don't fucking think too deeply about it because it's a direct-to-VHS horror movie. That's it. And I want to give you some context here because Charles Band, the producer of this movie, is still active to this day. Uh, I'm going to give you a sample of a recent title, Ginger Dead Man 2, Passion of the Crust. Ooh. So that gives you an idea of the kind of flavor of horror like this belongs in. And I think that this is a higher quality than a lot of what you're going to get. Excellent cinematography from my perspective. There is definitely some some pain points here and there, but the perspective of the puppets and the puppeteering of those puppets are honestly what makes this movie. If we had shitty puppets or if we had uh, puppets who are purely homicidal for like no fucking reason, then that would be a problem for me. I wouldn't be able to get into it as much, but they did a thing that I didn't expect them to do. They made the puppets complex and that is something that I can appreciate and therefore, it is a slash. Oh, it's my not, God. It's hey. not the strongest slash I've ever given. Uh-huh. It's just stronger slash than Blood Rage, for sure. Which should have been a hack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't help know. it. I don't know about that. Blood Rage, I was talking to one of our patrons, Spencer, about, and it's just, it's so bad, it's good, and has, like, a little bit of a charm to it. So, that's how I categorize this. Like, this is not technically the best movie you're ever going to see it has a ton of flaws again there's a huge issue with the ending of this movie that i fucking like can't stand however the little morsels that you're talking about paris they add up to enough to be a nice snack right not the most filling meal you're ever going to have but it's a nice snack to tide you over what is this snack or slash (laughs) and with that puppet master from 1989 gets three slashes and two hacks now you can find this movie streaming online it's streaming on HBO Max, so check it out, see for yourself, and join us in the second half so we can break it all down. We'll see you in a bit. Tired of those dead dry muffins you get from your favorite corporate coffee shop? Need a nice, healthy breakfast that makes you feel like you'll live forever? Dig your teeth into a delicious muffin from Muffin Master. We give new life to breakfast with stunning blueberry muffins, acai muffins, lemon poppy seed, blood of a freshly fallen corpse muffins, and our new tasty little kumquat muffins. Muffin Master, where breakfast comes to life. Welcome back, folks. You are now entering the spoiler zone for Puppet Master, which earned three slashes, surprisingly, and two hacks. We have a lot to unpack here, but before we get into the specifics of, you know, how we feel about these puppets, we do have uh, some gore to attend to. So, Alexis, what's up with the gore score? This movie, I think, for the time and kind of like you're thinking about the runtime, I think it's like, you know, average. I don't think it'd be like a lot or a little. I think, you know, you start off on this scene and there's a lot of intensity building. There's these Nazis running after a puppet master who is you know enchanting spirits uh egyptian gods and i don't know what he's doing but (laughs) somehow he's getting these spirits and these dolls so it's like a lot of intensity at least for me in the beginning and then bam you get a death you get a suicide you get this full-on picture of someone like committing suicide in the first like few scenes and it's like wow it's really jarring you're like wow where where is this movie leading to and honestly then you get 45 minutes in and you still don't have anything like hmm. which i think is kind of like a slow point for me and then um then you get this you know neil's death at the end and it's 
extremely graphic. You get to see all the puppets. And not that I'm trying to spoil the entire franchise for anyone, but it's kind of like something that um, is reoccurring. It's like something super graphic at the end. And like, it's, it's, it's exciting. Pretty much keeps me entertained. Unfortunately, I had to wait till the end. Typical. But I did appreciate that, you know, like there's a there's a good death scene in every movie in this franchise. I mean, I don't even know if it goes into my favorite death. I mean, Neil has to be like one of them. But I definitely love Frank's death because you have Leech Girl who's coming out. And it was really interesting because <laughs> she's like they did this like foam latex mouth for her because to me it looked super realistic. I don't know about you guys, but these puppets and all their, you know, stuff that they're doing to these people but her mouth is latex it's opening up and it's cool it's like leeches coming out and to me that's it's crazy it's funny in every scene you only see like two-thirds of it and then it cuts and then you see the full thing so technically two-thirds is only in her mouth but uh we're good with that (laughs) respect her boundaries Yes, I respect it. Even the puppets are considered in this movie. (laughs) Could you imagine the agreements and uh, consent waivers they have to sign for that kind of shit? Those poor puppets, man. I hope they have a good agent. I know, right? Yeah, I do love his... I I don't know. It was just like very interesting to go from this like sex scene that's lasted like a while and is kind of uncomfortable. And then you get this like doll sucking on his uh, nipples. And I was like, what is going on here? So it was just like a very interesting take on that kind of kill. But I thought it was thoroughly entertaining. Please don't forget the noises that she was making as she was doing this. (laughs) I thought I was watching a porn for a second. I had to like uh, pause this. She's gagging out leeches for like 30 minutes it was like it went from like porny noise which was like okay whatever like the scene was already uncomfortable like you said but then it just went to full gagging (laughs) dying and he's just like oh yeah and i'm like can you not she's if that's if that's your girl making that noise she's literally dying right now and also like what would she be gagging on because you can feel that she's not touching you no she's clearly touching you in one little and also it was very strange to me that like that was clearly supposed to be like the sexy puppet and i was like why and why is this happening um but it was also my favorite kill so i guess i liked it so there's that behind the scenes feature no strings attached one of the puppeteers describes her as she has the face of a woman the curves of a woman but she's like, da, 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 da. and I don't remember what the rest of the statement was. Cause I was like, what a fucking odd way to describe a puppet. I don't That's like it. Weird. <laughs> Somebody was attracted to this puppet. Yeah. Puppeteers have to have like some sort of thing with their puppets. I'm sure they have some sort of like, oh my gosh, this creature, this beautiful creature or something. I don't what? Know. Some of them bring them to life. Evidently. I support this. No, thank you. <laughs> but also how did he not notice that the orifice on his chest was like a Barbie's? Right. <laughs> he was just like, he's like, oh, yeah, that's great. I love your tiny mouth. <laughs> I wonder if he just supposed that she was using some kind of instrument on his body. I think it was because he's so disgusting that literally any physical touch was just doing yes, it for him. That you know? part. He was open for anything. He's like, oh, hands tied up. Yeah, now I'm into this. It was honestly one of those things where when I saw that, I flashed back to when we reviewed The Town That Dreaded Sundown and I remembered Ryan's distaste for that sex scene and this created a similar feeling of distaste for me. It was it it was definitely not something that I enjoyed watching. It, it was just uncomfortable start to finish. Kind of everything with those two characters was really uncomfortable. But um, for me, ironically, my favorite death was Carissa. 
because obviously she got drilled and it was great. Granted, <laughs> we didn't get anything exciting on screen, honestly. We just got some juice noises, <laughs> as always, some mac and cheese stir. Just one bloody hand. Yeah, and a bloody hand. Also, I'd like to note, I didn't pay, I didn't spend a lot of effort on this in my brain, but I'm pretty sure the hand that raised up in the orientation it was in doesn't make sense for laying on the ground. But I did enjoy when we got to see her later with more. Yeah, cord. that's what I was going to say her mouth and everything. I was like, damn, she was drilled. Yeah, she was drilled. It was intense. It was intense. But I, I, I could definitely have done with a little bit more on screen from that. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like when you're doing it with puppets, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you got to do what you can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's only so much before it starts looking cheesy, and it probably already looked somewhat cheesy yeah. with the puppets already. Yeah, when when the drill was running at her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I was a fan of Dana's death because I feel like she had a good level of fight in her. Hell yeah. She's the only person that picked up these freaking dolls. Yeah, she was like, oh, you're not going to kill me, at least not easily. I'm going to throw you over there. I'm going to throw you down here. I'm going to fight back. She took like 12 punches to the face. Gotta so say. many yeah. full-size punches. Full-sized fist. Boom. Those were right very funny. <laughs> but in the end, she gets killed off in the way that she like saw You know, when she was having that vision in the beginning, even though visions aren't real. But <laughs> it was kind of you know a satisfying way to, to wrap up her character. At that point, I was actually starting to like her character a little bit. A um, little bit, very small amount, but the way that she goes out, like it was, it was pretty epic compared to everyone else who, you know, just got drilled in the head under the bed. Mm-hmm. You know, she had to like fight for her life until the bitter end. It almost made it out, except her poor broken legs, you know, stranded her in an elevator. Yeah, she was also my favorite death. I think just because we get a a final girl level chase for her. Yeah, and she was the only one, just like Alexis pointed out, the only one fucking throwing the dolls. Like every horror movie with a doll you wonder why doesn't anyone just throw these things throw his ass down the stairs and here was the first thing she did i do have issue though if you have this vision of what's to come don't wear that outfit don't go to that place (laughs) (laughs) don't wear that outfit in general it happens several times in this movie where they're like "Ooh, people are gonna die i'll do it (laughs) yeah i think at one point alex says I'm here to make sure it doesn't come true. Then why the fuck are you here, dude? Stay away. Just stay away. Proof it's all fake. I mean, in the in the one scene where he thinks he's like going to get killed by Neil, he just follows along in the exact same way that he had in his dream. Does nothing different. No, he's like, okay, sure. Let's go do this thing. It's time to die now. He just predicts the sentence. This is what a Yale University education got me. <laughs> okay, thanks. Isn't that cute? I'm finishing your sentences. <laughs> I could be a douche. Like he said something stupid. I sense things or something dumb. And I was like, okay. I dream of things to come. You literally had a dream of what was to come. And now you're fucking ignoring it. <laughs> Can we talk about how the opening credits were at least five minutes? Oh, that's funny. I didn't realize that. I didn't either. I usually pick up on those things. Oh, Yeah, I was okay with it. I mean, it set the scene, you know. And here's the thing. With the movie opening And with the, you get Blade running around the hotel and nobody noticing him. I just thought, is this a, is this a world in which these puppets are a normal thing? Yeah. Like, is this just what everybody's cool with? (laughs) Some of those puppets were like three feet tall. And then this one chick reacted so poorly and I was like, oh, this is not what I thought it was. He's just very sneaky. Even when people look directly at the camera. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, this show on Netflix, Bojack Horseman, where it's like, you know, talking animals are a thing on, I mean, it is like a sketch show and like a animated show, but which in that sense, everything is okay. But (laughs) 
I definitely was like with you, Chris. I'm like, literally, he almost ran into someone. So I'm like, what the heck? Are these people dumb? No, they're so tall. They don't look at their feet. They're clearly not my size. Mm -hmm. They, because I'm always looking at the ground no matter what. These are the people who've never been burdened by being unable to reach. (laughs) This is basically Muppets, but weird. Now I want to see this movie where they're a normal part of life and like traveling around. Yeah. Yeah. But still look creepy and have weird like weapons on them. Yeah. I do want to just point out that there is a ridiculous death in this movie that like isn't even a death. Well, it's a death in the metaphysical sense. Just one. Teresa getting bonked Mm -hmm. in the head. The bonk, the scream, and the blood feel out of order. Yep. What I established at the end of this movie, despite how many things I like about it, someone was not particularly skilled at editing. Like This movie, I think, could be a lot better if you cut it down just a bit and rearrange things a little bit. And I think it'd be a better experience overall. Let me tell you how much that death was not effective. I fully thought that was Neil's wife and she got hit and then was on the couch and then was okay. And I was like, I don't understand why there was so much blood spatter for a woman that's perfectly fine <laughs> because it it because I got so like unconnected to these characters and the death was so unimpactful in like it it just meant nothing. And I fully didn't even know that was a different person. But then she comes back with like her head looking all crazy. Yes. Holding the fire poker saying, don't touch the body. Then you never see her again. What yeah. the fuck? What's the point? Why was she in this movie? She was a weird adult baby. I was glad she was gone. She liked the weird voice of a child. She reminded me of that woman from Poltergeist. And I was also expecting her to show up in this. She's an incredible actress. So don't you, don't you speak ill of her, sir. She's an icon and a legend. Yes, no, truly. Speaking of icons and legends, the puppets in this movie are actually something really fun to look at. And those personalities that they're able to show just through like the way that they're they're dressed and the weapons that they each have and how distinct they are is one of those things where I think if you see any Puppet Master movie and then 20 years later you're like thinking about Puppet Master, you can think about each individual puppets. You can think about Blade. You can think about later on there's a character that has guns. Um, you can think about... Obviously, the leeches. Are they mini guns? Six shooters. I don't know what that means. Is it a tiny gun the size of the puppet? It's, it's yeah. No, it's a tiny gun the size of the puppet. A tiny gun? Yeah, okay. little six shooters. Little I'd like to pow, see. Pow. It's a men in black. You know, the little one, the little cricket. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think looking at this movie, like there's a lot that you can complain about. You know, the, the editing on that scene was was kind of silly. Some of the makeup we get for, for the people who are dead, but now they're like back is kind of silly. But I think looking at the actual puppets themselves i mean they're they're the stars of the show like visually and they last in your memory no i agree with that 100 percent. they're actually like my favorite part of this whole movie especially uh gestures facial reactions and blade's eyes popping out of his head when he sees something that surprises him or excites him or disgusts him i guess is that what that was where his eyes got like pokey yep the, his eyes were popping out of his head like whoa oh. very expressive Jester's faces were awesome and it took me a while to realize if they were actually changing or not from like the very first scene and they were just like so satisfying in like those moments where he looks into the camera yeah the effects on them don't seem cheap you know i mean i just wish i had a little bit more screen time but i have a ton of favorite parts but it's really weird you know what i didn't like like a f- scene i did not like Ooh. Ooh. it's when there's like the guy who's going around talking about each of their powers and they hyper focus on every single person i was like okay this is too on the nose this is too much i was like why why is this like i don't need to know because it's like ocean 11 right they have to highlight each character before they do their heist 
but it's not done well. We don't get enough context to care about them. They just like say something and we're like, okay. That's true to what he's explaining. I was like, okay, this is a little too much. <laughs> and you, what's your power? I dream. Everybody dreams. Not of things to come. Okay, shut the fuck up, guy. You know that she's asking you what your fucking psychic ability is, that you just laid on her about everybody else. Why the fuck are you being so elitist and saying, I dream? Yeah. I also, I feel the same way about, like, the moment before they, like, I guess all come together. And they're like, people are in a lab. And, like, I don't understand who was in the lab or why they were in the lab and what they were saying. And then there was, like, a phone call. And they were like, are you being contacted? I I don't know what any of that was supposed to be. I think I get it. That was supposed to be their thing that like makes them meet up again. But like, man, was it ineffective. Yeah. Frank is gross. Oh, first off, they're, they're trying to check the technology of their computer against the technology of a psychic's mind, apparently, and then wants her to describe her most explicit sexual fantasy, focusing on the details. I'm telling you, Frank is just a fucking exploit. That's all he is. Frank's a perv and a predator. I think going back to visual elements, my favorite, and I think it's mostly my favorite because I've never seen it before, is having the camera uh, from the point of view of the puppets. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think there's sometimes, I, I think I was already so not in it that it didn't even matter in sometimes where it maybe wasn't perfect or it felt like a little uh, cheesy or like forced or something. I just actually... I just, just at that point, I had to just let it go. And I enjoyed that that feeling of seeing things from their perspective and like running down the hallways. I do think it's a little silly and unrealistic, but for this chaos in this movie, might as well have something fun like that. I loved it. I loved seeing Blade knock on the door with his little hook hand. That hook was so strong. He did a lot with that hook. Okay. Nothing was not coming loose. He's a capable man. He also had one hook and one switchblade that pops out. Like, yeah. your boy has no fingers. We just run him with utensils. Okay. <laughs> Swiss Army doll. Exactly. I could totally see that right now. <laughs> Blade was definitely giving me Joan Rivers slash Michael Jackson vibes. But I think my favorite visual is just the whole design of the leech woman. Uh, because it it comes out of nowhere like that the moment we're introduced to this character she just kind of like shows up on the side of the bed in an evening gown and we're like what and then she just proceeds to unhinge her jaw and just gag out those leeches for a very long time uh and just the i love the effects that they did that you were talking about earlier alexis um so for me she's the mvp of these puppets most valuable puppet i love it she also looked the creepiest she did and the most beautiful at the same time she's like one of the like ghostly characters we get these days in movies right where they're like really pale and the hair is long and her eyes are like like blacked out um yet she's like slim and slender and she's got that weird ass voice that happens you know the oh yeah she was awkwardly attractive for a puppet <laughs> with leeches in her mouth yeah remember when you said you think puppeteers have to have a thing for their creatures these beautiful creatures i feel like maybe you do a little bit <laughs> possibly i mean it was a good looking puppet <laughs> That's what they all say. Would you have swiped right on her? Nah, I would have been like, can you open your mouth bigger? She's not blonde. <laughs> oh, yeah, she is not blonde. So, yeah, I would swipe right. <laughs> she was just goth Barbie. That's all. Yeah, totally my type. Swipe right. As we're talking about the puppets, I think one of my favorite scenes is the moment where we see their layers. So in the beginning, right, you have their loyalty to their creator. Blade is running around and he's frantic and he's panicked. And you can hear he's like... <laughs> He sounds concerned and worried. And then you have that beautifully intimate moment of, you know, the the puppet master holding him and saying, I'm going to protect you. Everything's going to be fine. What a, what a pity we didn't have more time together. Right. Love that. 
Then you see them being homicidal, and it's like, what the fuck? But then you see them turn on him, and it was when he throws Pinhead. And then when he hits Megan, and Blade pulls out his <laughs> blade, and it's like, nobody touches Miss Megan. And it was just the most precious thing. They all start, like, banding together and make this decision silently among them. Like, no, nah, fucking Neil's going down. Not a fan. Love that. These puppets are definitely capable of making the right choice. And that comes up in later films where they're not the bad guys. And I think that's a really cool concept. And I haven't actually seen very many of them. I've only seen some of the, some of the like early ones, right? But I, I, I honestly kind of want to go back and watch more in the series, like in order, in some order. I don't know if it's chronological or in order of release because they're all out of sync in terms of chronology. But I'll send you the chronology. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in that because it'd be kind of fun to see where they're actually the good guys because when they turn into the good guys at the end, it's actually kind of satisfying because they seem decent sometimes and then they're also like brutal other times. That that last moment is is utterly fantastic. I really liked that first scene though where we actually get to see the puppet master, the titular character of this film, like you know, seeing his creations or his friends or whatever they are to him. And that's definitely something you see in later films is where he has this caring uh, like nature about him. Although in some films, he's not so caring. So it's all out of whack in, in Puppet Master movies. It's kind of great in that way because, you know, characters are all different all over the map. But I, I think that part is probably my favorite. It's just that opening scene where we get to see the actual puppet master, not as this like nefarious character that's like out to kill everybody, but as this apparent like magic dude who has tiny little creatures that he apparently loves. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, the opening scene is the richest. It's like the most full of feeling where I maybe cared about him a little bit. I maybe cared about why the guys are coming and I maybe cared about the little puppet running down the hallway, real stressed. Um, I don't, have a lot of value on a lot of other scenes in the movie. And so the beginning has got to be it. It's the part that made me be like, okay, I think I'll get into this. I can watch this. I'll give this a chance. <laughs> and then it just went downhill. <laughs> you guys are talking a lot about how the puppets, you know, they evoked things in you. Like Chris, you said there was a moment with the puppets that was beautifully intimate. Um, and I think that's where it just missed for me because I didn't really get much personality from the puppets. It seems like I missed a lot. Um, and they just really... They weren't hidden. Um, I really got more into the psychics uh, in this film. Um, specifically, my favorite scene is when Carissa is in the bathtub, because of course it is. One, visually, those green tiles and those pink towels is just like exquisite to look at. And then two, she's just like sexy in this tub. And you, that's when I really figured out like, oh, she's like just a sex psychic, which I didn't know was a thing. And she's like talking about like the two women that spent their leave in this bathtub together. And then she's like laying in the bed. The entire leave, which sounds like the pruniest experience <laughs> you could ever have. But just like her feeling herself and like having her moment in that bathtub. I was like, okay, this is this is what I'm going to capture from this movie. And I'm going to remember like the energy she's giving me in this the next time I take a bath. I have a question though. So her power, she can touch an object and sense the history and the experiences attached to that object, right? So what happens when she sits on a toilet? Ew. Feels uncomfortable. Ew. You would think that. There's a lot of <laughs> objects you don't want to know the history of. Most of them are in public places. Ooh, yeah. You know, although I did give this movie like a slash, there was never like a scene that really stood out to me as being the best scene. Um, I mean, Neil's death was great. I don't know. I just felt like this movie was just kind of, you know, 
it was there, worth a watch. I just don't think anything stood out to me. And I felt the same way about the characters. For some reason, like some of the characters that you do get in B-movies, in my opinion, not very stagnant, but just like very like, okay, these are the characters. Maybe you're not supposed to feel a certain way. They're just doing their job in the movie. And that's kind of how I felt during this. I was like, okay, I don't have a favorite character. I don't have a worst character. I mean, the characters collectively that I would appreciate are the puppets. And I know we've dived deep into that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. No, no, no one stood out to me for for some odd reason. I fully agree with you. I think especially the psychics here, it just, they meant nothing to me. I think the character that comes out on top, literally for me, is um, Megan. I think she has more than she like gives off. Um, like there's more going on there. A- at least that's what the ending makes it feel like. It makes like she, it makes it seem like she already knows about, you know, these secrets and she's the one in control, even though he thought he was stuff like that. She's the only person that all the way to the end I cared about. But even that, it literally did not come until that very last climatic scene. And then also the very, very end, of course. So she was it again. I I agree with you. I didn't care. I liked Dana. Of course you did. <laughs> because of course I did. Your spirit animal, really. <laughs> yeah. The scene where she's, first, the scene where she's um, giving like the fortune at the carnival. And she the, the girl's like, will he get a real job? And she's like, I see retail sales. <laughs> Construction. <laughs> yeah. She's just making shit up. That got me good. Construction at a retail store. It was what? great. And then later when she's at the dinner, just kind of like being a bitch for no reason. I was like, this is, Dana's trying to take this to a place of like a real housewives dinner and no one else is having it. And also she's just getting trash. So I was like, you know what, Dana? I feel you. And she put up the best fight. I do think it's interesting that she would be a real psychic and then pose as a fake psychic. You just, you know, pad the numbers every once in a while. Get that residual income. Yeah. Like mid fake vision. She had a real vision. You got to pay the bills. I think for me, I wanted to see her try to pull it off and figure out like how she was going to show like what she would say to them like because obviously she's not going to tell them what happened and she's in the middle of it so she's gonna be like oh i see necklaces because <laughs> she's holding on to her neck you know i didn't relate to any of these characters so i'm glad you guys could find something from it i just i feel like the puppets were the best part of the movie and the characters were actually the worst part of the movie I mean, we get a character that's supposed to be the like the hero, the protagonist of this film that you you're literally like, dude, you own one Oxford shirt, like good for you. And you're kind of standoffish and you turn down. I don't know. seems like a fun night with Dana. I don't know why you did. She seems really cool. I mean, I'd have to tell her to stop doing all the candles and crap. But he also slept in slacks and a button up. Knocked out asleep, having dreams, slacks and yeah. button up. He didn't bring a change of clothes. No. And I don't appreciate <laughs> that. It only takes one backpack, okay? You can fit like three days worth of clothes in there. Interesting, though, because he unpacked something and put it in the dresser, to which I responded, who the fuck unpacks in a hotel room? Oh, <laughs> psychopaths. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, definitely if I'm staying. A week or more. Mm, yeah. Or if I'm like somewhere where i want all my outfits laid out like when i went to mexico like i was like i need to see all my stuff and i don't want it just in a suitcase so i had them all out did you put them in the closet like hanging up or did you actually put in the dresser your socks here your underwear here your pants here 
I did both. Ooh, the see, dresser I, is a weird. Yeah, I don't know who you are. I'm okay with <laughs> hanging clothes because I don't like it when my clothes get wrinkles in them. Like I'll literally wash it if it's too wrinkled and then re-dry it again because wrinkles really gross me out when I, I mean, touch iron, my skin. Irons and steamers exist. Or but, a steamer. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's just not the same. I like to like you take a t-shirt straight out of the dryer, it goes right onto a hanger and goes right in the closet. So you get nice and smooth. None no of my creases. t-shirts are Never. hanging. Oh, I hang my t-shirts, but they're wrinkled. <laughs> mm. Mm. I'm so disappointed. I've never taken anything straight out the dryer. <laughs> wow. Well, no. So anyway, uh, no, apparently I'm the weird one here. That's cool. But I'm not because it's the right thing to do. Get the wrinkles out of your clothes, guys. Come on. You're the android. But character-wise, you know, it's, it was it was kind of like a messy t-shirt to me. It's all wrinkled and all creased, and I didn't want to wear it. But the puppets, though, the puppets were the best part. They were the best characters. They were so individual. They each, like, I feel like they each had a story that I wanted to hear about, but we didn't get to. Yeah. Jester's attitude is what I cared the most about. When he looked yeah. into the camera, I was like, that's my boy. I don't like him that much, but it was funny. <laughs> I want a version of this where Jester, like, breaks the fourth wall often yeah. just looks into the camera you know like jim from the office and is like i don't know yeah it could have been that comes out like uh, in mortal kombat 3 when if you hit a certain combo this guy comes out and says toasty <laughs> like, out of the corner just to acknowledge the absurdity of what's just happened exactly you're 100 right though like the characters although they are the main people and we see them more often than we do the puppets they're not supposed to be like the real heroes of the story they're not supposed to be the real heart and soul of it and I really do agree that they they should have spent more time giving you just a little bit more of the puppets, more of the backstory. It would have been a far uh, far more productive use of time than what was my worst part of this whole movie, and that is the third act, which is unfortunate. Uh, and specifically within the third act, because not even like I totally disagree with the end result, right? Like this one plus one equals two situation, it's fine. However, audio is important. Sound matters in movies for example the 1978 halloween they played it for a test audience no score everybody was like what the fuck is this terrible movie added john carpenter's now iconic score and it completely changed the perception of it they took the faintest tune of melody in this movie and during the fight with neil and the puppets in the elevator it was so long so drowned out and so barely audible that all you heard was like the punching sound effects and it ruined the entire fucking scene for me. I could have probably forgiven it had it had better sound. The punching and the leeches. That's like all you got. Like the, the leech gagging, which went for so long. <laughs> they honestly could have shortened that entire scene and shown us less and it would have been so much better. Yeah. Like just hint to the fact that they're going to take him out. <laughs> Give us a little punch, a little drill, and then cut away. Yeah, or just the last bit where it all happens like, it all comes to be. I didn't need to see the, the leech coming out of her mouth for 30 minutes. I almost vomited. It was horrible. <laughs> also, did not need to see Alex fucking screaming, no, stop. Why? What? Yes, why? Yeah. Why? No, let 100% them do why? This. He was just trying to kill you, dude. That's, that's how they could have made it better, honestly, was to have him looking in, unable to open the door, say absolutely nothing, just show an amazing reaction on his face, and some occasional really cool sounds, perhaps. And then that's all. That's all we would need. I would have just liked for Alex to die. Why didn't he die? I don't know. Why did anything? Yeah, for that 
that being like the two that saved the day, like it was just kind of not fitting in my opinion. They didn't even save the day. The puppet saved the yeah. day. They <laughs> were just yeah, side effects of the puppet saving the day. Really just you know, collateral, not damage. Yeah, that that's confusing to me. But also like the storyline is very confusing. And maybe I like missed a part, but I I get all of them are friends. Uh, I don't understand what the puppets had to do with Neil, though. Did Neil take them? So that's that's the interesting part to me because I think that's one of the things that was such a letdown is they didn't really take all of the threads and wrap them together nicely. And that was the worst part of this. Same. Is like some great opportunities to weave a really cool, intricate story that they were just like, nah, they'll get it. Like, I don't know what it is they're going to get, but they'll, they'll, they'll put it together. Did not. And yeah, so like watching this, I like I get why things are happening, but it's just not as as well done as it could be. I mean, when we think about this, the story, it's so ridiculous. I mean, that's fine. It's a B movie. I want it to be a little bit ridiculous. Did his knowledge that he gained, you know, from reading these, his, these papers or whatever that he discovered, is that what made them follow him? Is that why they're working for him now? Because he has transcended life? So... I have some parts of this and then you guys can help with the parts that I don't understand. So basically Neil went to find the puppet secrets. So that, that floor that they went to that was like dark and like construction and stuff. That's where Andre's room was and where the puppets were hidden. Right. So uh, presumably, I don't know that for a fact, but that's what I'm understanding. And so Neil went to find the secrets, supposedly found them, found the puppets, found the, you know, explanation for how did he find this i don't know okay psychic so that's why he was into this hotel so much you know that's why they wanted to he wanted to help like own it and run it so he could renovate and just like the floor's off limits while i search for this crap he basically yeah just wanted to like tear that's why he he uses his psychic powers maybe maybe somehow he knows about this hotel he finds it and then decides he can use the woman to be able to get into it rip it apart discover what he needs to discover what I don't understand is what these four people had beef with Neil about. They basically were just like, we used to be friends and now we're here to make it even. And I don't understand what that meant at all. So it sounds like he was trying to be Professor X. Yeah. I was like, is this low budget X-Men? <laughs> yeah. And he was trying to get them all together, but it was unclear if it was for research or if he was just like trying to control a group of psychics for his own like cool projects. It seemed It seemed when they were talking about him, more like he wanted to get them together and like figure out how things worked, perhaps. Chris, do you have any other insight on any of this? <laughs> yeah. So the gathering there is that he grouped them all together. He brought them together probably to exploit their abilities and also probably tried to rip them off in some way, causing them to not harbor the best of feelings, but also knowing that if they were contacted, he must have found something and there is something more important than their beef at the moment. I would say very flawed plot, but I got it. Aside from that, I'll give you my best part. And it's not because it makes any sense or anything like that. It's just because it's fun. And and it almost like capitalizes on the story not making sense. And the best part for me is the very last scene where Megan is walking up the steps and we have the not real dog that is suddenly a real dog. It doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for it. I, I think that the concept is that she really has control over the puppets and she's been um, in on it the whole time, but it's just absolute buffoonery and I love it. <laughs> I think the puppets are kind of secondary for her. I think really she also dug into those secrets of, you know, how to make other beings or even make yourself like transcend death. And that was really the focus 
of of both of them as a married couple apparently and perhaps he didn't know that she was also digging into it behind him or after he killed himself um but i think that's what like her focus was she probably didn't really care about the whole like puppet thing and didn't want to use them but he was just like why not they're a tool or she already knew before oh yeah that's what i like to think she already knew and that's why they defended her those are her puppets not his it's like when you get a pet and they fall in love with your significant other. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it sounds like the worst thing. <laughs> it happens. Also coming from Team Hack, uh, I'll say that my favorite part of this movie was actually a very small detail that I noticed. Um, when we see Dana's death, uh, you can see that she has this like big slash across her throat. Um, and the latex effects or whatever they used for the practical effects, or they weren't the best. But what I loved is that they used her positioning and her giant dangly earring to cover up the seam on most of the neck, the neck makeup. And I was like, you know what, special effects guy, I see you or girl. And I appreciate what you're doing there. Nice tactics. A classy move. Doing what we can. I mean, no blood rage with a decapitated head hanging from a front porch, but you know. They did what they could with what they had. Precisely. Can we also just take a brief moment to appreciate the craftsmanship that went into Pinhead's little tiny turtleneck? And his big old arms. Big old arms. I saw that sweater. I was like, this man's in a turtleneck. He's just trying to live his life. It can't be that scary. Talk about craftsmanship. Pinhead's hands are real human hands that a little person had to portray on screen and literally like duck behind him the whole time, which is so impressive and would be like impossible to do. He does have fake hands in one bit when he's actually getting out of the casket, but I much preferred his real fake hands. They were great. Yeah. When we can sit back and consider this now, you know, we've hashed out a bit of the plot. Maybe some of the things that were confusing or potentially just like poorly explored within the movie. Do you think this is something you would give another watch? Oh, God, no. I totally would. I kind of want to watch the other ones, too, because find out which one I actually watched the first time. (laughs) Like I said, I'd be down for some others to give them a chance if I had thoughts or recommendations that it would be a good one. But this one, I don't need to watch it again. I could do it in another 20 years. It's been, it's been about that since the last time I watched it probably 14 times, you know, like every week it was on, was on TV. Um, yeah, I think it does have high watchability for the franchise. I think this is something that you could watch and don't take it too seriously, obviously, because it is, you know, a series of B movies, but uh, as part of the franchise, sure. I, I think I would be down to kind of dig in more, find more about the stories, apparently go back in time and see what happens in the past. That'd be cool. Excited to watch this with you when you're 50. When I'm 50? Is that <laughs> 20 how old years I'm from now? Be? Aren't oh, you 30-ish? <laughs> yeah. I'll be in my 50s, yes. Yeah, wow. in 20 years. <laughs> this is how we'll spend your 55th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Watching this dusty old flick. For a dusty old thing. Yeah, that'll it'll be a good time. <laughs> and maybe by that point, we'll have discovered the secrets of, of living forever. Ooh. And, uh, you know, people people won't take it because they think the government will track them with it. But whatever. That's not how math works. You're going to be 50. <laughs> Just accept it. <laughs> I would definitely watch this again. It's something that I would not like skyrocket to the top of any list. But if I for sure was in the mood for just like a silly thing to have on in the background, uh, this would be in the mix 100%. And there's actually, yeah, this is a problem. I don't have a lot of vices in my life. But when I do like things, I do like to collect things. I don't like this enough to buy this. But there are people out there who are and oh my, the craftsmanship looks great. For $300, 
There is a Puppet Master collectible trunk that has all the movies and even some action figures of some of the dolls. Ooh, that's cute. I did see the action figures are like a hit on eBay. I'm like, interesting. Yeah, and I, I believe they're also signed by the producer of this film. But also, I just got to point out, um, this guy, he has like a whole shop section on this website. And this is the producer of the film, right? From Full Moon Features directly. He has like... A bra for women that's just boobs. What? What? And his, he is inspired to make a line of products that is just monster boobs to have them as bras. <gasps> oh, my God. With nipples? I need to see this. Is it a nipple print on the outside of your bra, which would be hilarious? No, it's 3D. A fully sculpted monster breast. There's a split reaction on this. Half the team is like, no, thank you. The other <laughs> half is like, I've already bought one. Maybe great for small boobs. I'm always up for anywhere where like sexy and spooky crosses over i'm never up for that ever this is a walmart bra that she they just like glued this onto the idea of a costume bra where a woman's breasts become creatures eyeballs flowers bigger breasts etc came to me during one inspired night and i quickly put some prototypes together and went to visit our halloween friends no i don't like it now they freaked out over the bras and called the idea the most originally had seen in years he's a lot of yes men around him Mm. (laughs) and had volunteers parentheses hot chicks exclamation point in every city put them on and join me on stage everybody's fired right now audiences loved the bras and to date we've had over 1000 emails from people asking how and where they can find them also none of this has apostrophes it just has space yep it's all real weird man i'll drop a link in the show notes if you also want to check out the monster bra the bigger bra or monster bra the lip bra 888 (laughs) uh, it could be yours for the low low price of 24.99 this is the worst fake sponsor we've ever made (laughs) yeah except it's tragically real but here's the here's the thing right uh you get one of these bras you get the 300 collector set of the puppet master franchise you just watch them all back to 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 back and there you have it. I think if we revisit the idea and have women design it for women, it could be good. Obviously, we've discussed quite a bit tonight, and we've answered some questions that we ourselves have. Uh, you know, we had some tidbits from Alexis about the gore and some of the puppeteering, but let's see what Mac has up his sleeve in Fact or Fiction. Let's find out. Number one, Senor Green Blood Squirting from the Fingers has said green blood. Because the wrong coloring agent was purchased, and the director decided, eh, let's run with it. It looks kind of cool. Oh, no. Feels intentional. Feels like an ode to phantasm. I'm going fiction. Fact. 100% Team Ryan here. That's exactly what I thought. uh, Fiction. It is a fiction. The blood was made green to avoid that dreaded X rating. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Apparently, cutting off someone's fingers was too much back then. But the drill to the face, that was fine. (laughs) But did you see it happening? Nope. Exactly. Mm. Number two, the puppets are only on screen for a total of 15 minutes. Mm. Fact. Fact. Yeah, fact or less because the most of the time you're just at their POV. Or fiction, it's 15 minute and <laughs> one second. It is a fiction. They have less than five minutes of screen time. Wow. And I thought 15 minutes wasn't even a lot. Yeah. yeah. This is the price is right here. You have to go under or, or exactly the same. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, they messed up there. They, they they did. We love those puppets. Give us some more. Okay, number three. The beautiful Bodega Bay Hotel was nothing more than beautiful artwork, hand-painted and layered onto real footage in production. Oh, fact. There's a shot, and I'm like, mm-mm, that's not real. Yeah, fact. They used that shot twice, and it was very shoddily done. Fact. Fiction, people. <gasps> there's puppets. Okay, there's puppets. It was a miniature. Oh. It was about the size of a fridge. 
It was hung in the air and made to look life-sized with the magic of forced perspective. Okay, but that shot is like very dirty. I hate it. There are a lot of things very dirty, just like the fucking carpet in Alex's room. It's the worst set design I've ever seen. That wasn't even the renovated part of the hotel. It was cut in like 15 places. If you're going to have carpet, you got to make it at least good carpet. Also, if you're going to show the camera from the six inches off the ground, you should look at the carpet. And I digress. <laughs> Number four, the part of the scene in which Pinhead crawls out of the coffin is about 17 seconds, but it took two days to film. Fact. I'll say fact just because it, that scene looked like it had like Beetlejuice level CGI effects going on. Fact. Yeah, it's a fact. It's not CGI though. It's top motion. It's not easy. Remember Ben from Parks and Rec? Yeah, it takes a while to make a small amount of stop motion. Oh, Leading us into number five. Puppet Master has more sequels than both Friday the 13th and Halloween. Sounds about right. I mean, there's 13. I don't know how many are in either of those other franchises. I wish I didn't knew now, but... Uh, <laughs> the gamble you take. You can take a moment to consider. Uh, I'm just going to say fact. I'm just going to bandwagon with Alexis and say fact. I'm going to say fiction because I feel like Friday the 13th has to have at least 13 movies or more. Oh, good guess. It does not, however... So Puppet Master has more sequels. So there's 14 films. There's going to be a standalone Blade film. Is Puppet Master seconded only by maybe like the MCU films in this regard? That's a lot of films. Wow. Mm, So plot twist. It's actually by the time this Halloween trilogy is done, Puppet Master will be outdone. Halloween currently sits at 12 movies in the franchise. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Well, maybe Puppet Master will come out with like three straight-to-streaming videos like before then. You never know. No, thank you. I mean, maybe Halloween will be pushed back another year. Like the trend is is going that way. So Don't put that out there. Relax. (laughs) Chris needs to be okay. Chill. Yeah. Don't put that shit out in the universe. Take it back now. (laughs) I take it back, but that's the end of Factor Fiction. Well, there we have it, folks. We've learned a lot. Uh, Maybe learned a lot about ourselves, too, and uh, what kind of brawls we would or would not purchase. But that's neither here nor there because Puppet Master has earned three slashes and two hacks. We've had a lot to talk about here, but obviously there's so much to this franchise And none of us know the entire franchise in its entirety. So, please, let us know your thoughts on this movie and others. Uh, Keep in mind there are a lot of ways you can reach out to us, starting with our website, hackerslash.com. And on our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. If you are really into puppets, either in a weird way or a not weird way, you can leave us an audio message on our contact page. It's hackerslash.com slash contact. Or you can hit us up at the hacker slash hotline. It's 757-606-0128, where you can text us or call us. Or if you've recently been reanimated as a puppet, you can send us an email to feedback at hackerslash.com with your little puppet fingers. And hey, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, consider becoming one of our patrons. You can visit patreon.com slash hacker slash to earn cool perks for as low as $1 a month. Or consider supporting us by checking out our merch page at hackerslash.com slash merch. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.